There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Give it to me! Give it to me! Hey everyone, I'm Molly Wood. And I'm Tom Merritt. Welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported by you, which is one of the only podcasts in the world to offer its listeners a best-in-class solution for producing outstanding episodes regardless of their application. Thanks for joining us. Especially thanks to Molly's (laughs) mother-in-law. Yes. Hi, Suze. (laughs) Stepmom, my stepmom. Oh, stepmom, stepmom, not mother-in-law. I was thinking of my mother-in-law. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Stepmom. Yeah, totally. Hey, Suze, I hope you're having a good walk. Are you up on the mountain? She called me today, literally, like, right before we were about to do this recording to say I have a fun new uh, daily habit, which is to take my walk and listen to It's a Thing. She said she's working all the way through the back episodes. Nice. And that, you know, sometimes she doesn't know what the hell we're talking about, which is fair, because sometimes we we don't either. I'm like, (laughs) I don't know. I learned it from a kid. Uh, but so yes, shout out, special shout out, free shout out, free, only for family. Yeah, nepotism. How it's <laughs> nepotism. a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, my first thing today is has been kicking around for a couple of weeks, uh, and a few people have even alerted it to me on other shows that I do, like Sword and Laser. It's Tokyo's manuscript writing cafe that only allows writers on a deadline in and won't let them leave until they've met their deadline. Oh, my biscuits. This is incredible. <laughs> this is incredible. Everyone should have this. It's in the Quinji district of Tokyo. Uh, it, it's obviously voluntary. I mean, if you really had to leave, they, they can't actually hold you. They, you know, they have no authority. But, but you know, right. everybody's participating in this because you want to get your deadline done. So, uh, yeah, so you, you, you reserve a place. You tell them what you're working on. And and we're not really talking about novels here. Uh, a lot of it is like uh, reports or School work papers. papers. Yeah, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But you, you write down at the reception desk how many words and by what time you need to finish. Oh. Uh, the manager asks you every hour how your manuscript is coming along oh to kind of God. prompt you to check in. And then uh, you're not allowed to leave until you've finished. Um, this is amazing. Customers can evidently choose different courses in terms of how rigorously they want the staff to check in. Yes. Yeah. Sees like, them I hurry you, you along pretty aggressively. Me. Like get over and be like, why aren't you further along? Or I'm like, sorry, just, just gentle, like, like how you doing? You know, you go, yeah. Which is M. How you doing? Mild. This is incredible too, how they, the sign says the manuscript writing cafe only allows in people who have a writing deadline to face. It's in order to maintain a level of focus and tense atmosphere at the cafe. This is with exclamation points. Thank you for your understanding. <laughs> this is freaking genius. This just goes with my ongoing theory in life that the Japanese have thought of everything. They really think ahead. Uh, they really think that, ahead. They, they anticipate yeah. needs. It's just, re- it's remarkable. Also, this should exist. I want this to sort of exist as like uh, a screen takeover app. Like it would be cool if this existed as some sort of a software version too. Like they could do a virtual version of the manuscript writing cafe where you load up the web page and the web page immediately goes to 
full screen and it won't go away until a certain number of words <laughs> right. have been typed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and the other thing is we're calling it a cafe and they do have coffee and snacks, but they don't charge for the coffee and snacks. They charge by the half hour. So Smart. You, you can do a minimum of 30 minutes uh, and then with an hour, you can get an order of coffee. Uh, you're allowed to bring in your own food and drink, uh, even like have stuff delivered. Cause they're, again, they're not, they're not making the money off the food. They're, they're making the money off the time. And wow. so they have USB ports and Wi-Fi and all, all that. That's the amenities. So this is super cool. How, tell me again, you found like people have mentioned it to you. Tell me about the thingness part of this. Oh, I just saw this. I I think on, uh, on, on, uh, shoot, where did I see it? It wasn't on Reddit. Uh, I think it was in Hacker News. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I just really saw has it and, I, and I was like, this, this is definitely a thing. Like, and then after I bookmarked it, I got an email through Daily Tech News Show and an email through Sword and Laser from different people saying like, hey, have you seen this manuscript writing cafe? And I'm like, all right, that's a thing. That's a thing. If it comes up more than once yep. in the United States <laughs> <laughs> and it only lives in Japan, by the way, I just keep now looking down grapey.jp. All the re- all the related links, and I want to go to Japan immediately. Of course, right? For example, there is a in case you needed more proof that fried chicken is not only a thing but a global thing. Family Mart, Japanese convenience store Family Mart has uh, debuted a fried chicken stuffed with cheese duck galbi. <sighs> it's basically like a panini where fried cheese is the wrapper. Uh huh. I'm sorry, fried fried chicken is the wrapper. fried chicken. Yeah, but then there's cheese on the inside. Cheese. That's, and sweet uh, and spicy. So it's the family family chicky is is one of my faves at Family Mart. We the when we went in 2019, we stayed at a, a hotel that had a Family Mart like right downstairs as soon as you exited, and and we ate the family chicky multiple times. So what you're saying is they made it even better. <laughs> oh yeah, they put cheese in it and then yeah. the sweet and spicy sauce. Jack uh, Galbi, love it. Um, wow, yeah, we're going there. Meet. Okay, I'm okay. Okay, I have a new spring break plan for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my first thing I have been seeing everywhere, and I actually was trying to find the kids' version online, but the, the thing generally is painters' coveralls, jumpers, like, you know, over bib overalls have returned, obviously, because that's just part of the 90s craze. So right. the kind with the just the two straps. But the, there's a, been an evolution in the jumper in popularity now to this kind this sort of short sleeved, very like painters looking. Mm-hmm. Jumper, a little bit like flight suit, sort of a cross between a flight suit and a painter's jumper. Got it. Yeah. Um, but where I have specifically been seeing them is on little girls with extremely hip parents. So they, they want Don't to make why. the child look fashionable. They think it's fun. And this is a fashion that's out there. It's probably... Is it easier though to put a child in a onesie like that? No, because I don't think so. When they have to go to the bathroom, now you've got to take them out of it. Yeah, I, I, I don't, even if I mean because yes, it's a terrible idea. Jumpsuits and and everything can have flaps and everything, so you don't have to take them all the way off. But when you're talking about children, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean they're not like babies, right? Right. Necessarily, right. you know, it's like six, seven, eight, nine, kind of that age range where like you're you they're they're a little bit into fashion. I was just thinking it might be easier because that. It, it keeps all of the, you know, stuff from falling off or slipping. Like, you know, it can make them look fashionable, but it, it's it's an right. easy thing to wear. I mean, it's pretty easy to wear, like in some ways. But yeah, you got to work a little bit. But you just sort of unzip it. I finally found at Zara 
the little, the girl's belted jumpsuit. This is the one that I have seen them all in like yeah. this little pink one. Cause once they're in, they're in, I think that's the idea, right? You don't, you don't have like, Oh, that strap fell off. Wait, your, your thing is crooked. Like your pants don't match your. Yeah. Oh, right. I mean, yeah, I, that too. I also think it's just like, it's such a like influencer look. I mean, yeah. then you put a, like a floppy hat on it's it. It's probably mostly what it is. It's like, they look cute. I can put they them on my so, cute on oh, Instagram yeah, yeah. now. I know. Yeah. I love how, I love what a practical thinking man you are. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, it's just one thing for them, which it is. It's probably just one sure, thing for them to sure. put on and then, yeah, you know, whatever. It. You're right. But no, this is the influencer look all the way. Yeah. I love how oh, too, God, like, like, too. like um, overalls, coveralls, jumpsuits, they always come, they come back. I feel like more frequently because even in the nineties, it was a, it was a redux of the seventies. Right. So totally. they, they keep trying. It's almost like they're the fetch of fashion. They just, <laughs> they keep trying and they come back and they just can't stick. I, or yeah, it's really true. And it probably ends up, it's funny too, because I love a jumpsuit. I mm-hmm. like a dressy one. Yep. I like a casual one. I bought one at free people, which is how I started to be like, huh, these things seem to be everywhere. Um, but they are inconvenient in the yeah. in the in the bathroom, especially like if you put a jacket on over your jumpsuit and then you have to go to the bathroom when you're out in public. It's a full disrobe. Forget it. Yeah, it's over. It's a lot of work. So maybe that is why they never it's stick. A wardrobe I don't know. change. But I'll tell you, these little these little hipster like influencer girls are killing me right now. That's amazing. TikTok, so cute. You seen it on TikTok or just in real life? No, I'm talking about real life. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And just just in real life. <laughs> Real life, real life exists again. So yeah. like I've seen. Some. I mean, is it is it on TikTok or are you know just real life, <laughs> which is lesser than TikTok. I haven't done the TikTok search because I don't want to screw up my algorithm. You know, it's like strictly huskies. Yeah, you need a burner TikTok account for that. <gasps> I do need a burner TikTok account. <laughs> yeah, you do. Oh my god, is that a thing? That is. <laughs> I don't know. I just that came up with that. It's probably a thing. I'm not saying I invented it, but I, I hadn't heard it before. I need that because i don't want to screw up my algorithm i have like yeah. done a lot of work to make sure that only cute dogs get in there yeah oh my god burner tiktok i'm doing that I'm do doing it that. do it report back Boom. afternoon solved <laughs> uh <laughs> speaking of something i've only seen in real life uh and i could and i tried to find if there was any news reports on this uh but i haven't but i have seen it enough that i want to i want to try it out here and see cars just drifting around in their lanes <laughs> And I'm not saying cars drifting in their lanes is a new thing. I'm not even saying it didn't have an uptick when cell phones first became common. But since people returned to the road from lockdowns, more than just me and Eileen have no, we were driving around with our friend Lamar and he's like, have you guys noticed more people drifting around? We're like, oh my gosh, yes, we have. Where you're just like seeing people just like, not, not like drunk driving, just sort of like lazily, like mm, wandering. Yeah. Just wandering in the lane. And I'm sure some of them are distracted by their phone, but I, it's a lot more than it used to be. And I'm not sure why. I have a theory. Yeah. That's what I was hoping. Please. A strong theory because yeah. yep. I have no, I mean, let's just say driving norms died in the pandemic. I hope they come back, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but they, but definitely we have returned to the road in a completely, I mean, libertarian at best (laughs) manner, right? It's like, I'll just choose my rule and you choose yours Yeah, and, you know, and, and God help the rest of us. Um, But my theory for the lane wandering, which is also quite prevalent here is weed. Really? Like people are driving stoned. Uh-huh. They just are full stop constantly. Sure. 
yeah, mean, yeah. I like I'll pull up to a car and just see clouds of smoke coming out of it. People are smoking weed while driving. Like there seems I have to not be seen that here, but maybe I'm not driving enough in the right areas. I don't know. Well, maybe once they're on the freeway there, it's not as uh-huh. once like people on the freeway are not necessarily, you don't, you know, you don't see the clouds of smoke coming out as often, but I do think I have a theory that a lot of people are driving stoned. Hmm. There just does not seem I to be any education that. around that. Like, so the, the test case for that is uh, outside of Colorado and California and Washington, right. uh, those of you in states that have not legalized pot, uh, are you also seeing this? Or you're like, yeah, not so much. Not a, not a thing here. Because that, that would be a nice A-B test of yeah. that theory. Because that's, that's a good one. Please tell us. Please yeah. tell us, friends. I mean, it might just be this like kind of random, like, of all the things that people decided not to care about anymore, it's traffic laws. I it I could think be that, but... I think there's, it's multiple things, right? I think you definitely have hit on the stone driver aspect of this could, could be an accelerant. Uh, But I think when you said like driving norms died during the pandemic, yes, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people just, I, I was wondering if it's people out of practice driving. And in addition, like part of being out of practice is you're so glued to your phone during lockdown, right? Because it's your only window on the world that you've, you've built up even more of a habit of having to use it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I could see that. I could see that too. Like just all the distraction. Yeah. I wonder, well, tell us everybody, if this is just a confined to California, if it's just like the weed States, are you seeing (laughs) it? And and the weed belt? (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) And don't just, don't, not just the, I mean, people driving like a-holes does seem to be really endemic. I mean, I've actually even seen articles about it that are yeah, like, yeah. why is everyone driving like such an idiot? But specifically this kind of like the, the, loosey-goosey lane drift, yeah, which is just to me so Cheech and Chong, but like could be all kinds <laughs> of things. Saray TW says, uh, predictable rush hours also died in the pandemic. Rush hour just yeah. happens whenever it wants now, <laughs> which, wants. which was kind of true in LA already, but I even here yeah. I've noticed that. Yeah. Really? Oh my God. Like, like there'll be time. And, it, and in LA, I've noticed the opposite where I'm like, it's five o'clock. Where are all the cars? Like when rush and there's right. always lots of cars don't get me wrong it's los angeles but it's like five o'clock should be jammed and it's not but it was jammed at 2 p.m right it's just weird interesting well incredibly and i want to reassure our audience once again for the millionth time that we don't plan this <laughs> but incredibly my next thing is a car thing <laughs> see it's just one mind it's just one you're mind all at part this of point. it you're part of this mind <laughs> You friends are the hive mind. I also would like to assure you that this is not a thing I will be shopping for during the show. Um, but a thing that I have noticed that is more popular than I would have expected is the Lamborghini Urus, which is what? Yep. So two thing, two pieces of news here. One Lamborghini makes an SUV. <laughs> it is called the Urus. Okay. You, you are us. I mean, now, I guess if Porsche makes it an SUV, why wouldn't Lamborghini? Okay. Fine. Exactly. Yeah. Like it was in, and, and um, no, I'm thinking of the Porsche one. Yeah, exactly. If they made, once they made the SUV, it was like Katie bar the door. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if there's a Ferrari SUV in the works or not. Um, But so two things are kind of happening here. One Lambos are a thing, mm-hmm. right? Like we know this from creator culture. This is like, for whatever reason, if you're a, a successful YouTuber or Instagram or whatever, like thing, or even a rapper, the thing you want is a Lambo. Oh yeah. 
the, there's that influencer house I've mentioned near near me that just yeah. kind of gets rented out to influencers. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's the same ones. Twenty five percent of the time has a Lambo parked in its driveway. Yeah, I mean it is like the creator vehicle of choice. And my son and I have done a lot of speculating as to why this might be. And I think it's just, we think it's because it's a really cool supercar that's way cheaper and easier to get than a Ferrari. <laughs> like he was like, there's more cachet, like a Lambo. And uh-huh. this is remarkable because I mean, these are a hundred thousand dollar cars, right? At best at minimum. Like if you could find a used one for a hundred grand, like you're in business or whatever, but they're considered kind of the, like the cheap one. And the Ferrari is more like lux. Is it that weird thing where because the Ferrari was the was the more luxurious brand, it became more famous and therefore Lamborghini felt more exclusive even though it wasn't? Maybe. And then now it's flipped because yeah. Ferrari and then Ferrari does this other thing too, where like they won't just let anybody buy a new Ferrari. You have to like build a relationship with them and like maybe buy some used ones first. I don't know. It's really weird, but for whatever reason though, so Lambos have become more, and I use this term loosely popular (laughs) because again, base price on most of these things is whatever, 200 grand and up or something. I don't know. But the Urus then came out as the Lambo SUV. That is the base price for that is $222,000, which is a metric crap ton of money. Yeah. And yet apparently it's considered affordable by people who are in the market for super luxury Lambos. And I've seen like four of them in the Bay area where there's a lot of money, mm-hmm. but I also saw like a nurse on TikTok being like, surprise, here's my car. It's a Urus. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I'm like, is this freaking weird little Lamborghini SUV a thing? Lamborghini delivered a record number of vehicles in Q1 2022, 2,539 cars in the first quarter of this year of those cars, half of them were the Urus. This is the affordable luxury brand effect. It is. Um, Do you know, do you know the brand fear of God? It's like an Uh, indie indie fashion brand. No. Okay. So it's like super like a t-shirt will cost you $290 kind of, kind of brand. Right. Okay. Yeah. uh But then they have, the fear of God essential sub brand that's like, you know, your t-shirt only costs you $99. Uh, and, and so people buy essential because they want to be associated with the brand, but it's not the, you know, it's sort of like, Oh, okay. You're in the club, but you're not in the, you're not in the special seats kind of situation. I feel like the Urus is like that, right? It's like, Oh, I'm, I, I can get a Lamborghini. I can't get a, a sports car Lamborghini, but I get right. the SUV Lamborghini. I can't get like a Ferrari 812, which starts at 405,000, but mm-hmm. I can get a Lambo Huracan, which starts at 213. Right. The Lambo itself is that true. The Lambo itself is right around there. The like McLaren starts at 300, the 720S, the 765 LT starts at 388. Like they're just more, even the, even the like Ferrari F8 Spider starts at 283. So in the in again the crazy relative universe of price that we live in the lambo has become the affordable one and then the fact that they make a freaking suv people are like well it's useful too yeah it's like well i could pull that off (laughs) i could pull that off yeah yeah i'm telling you like again i do not expect this to be a phenomenally widespread thing (laughs) 
at all. And I'm here in the Bay area where there's just like, sure. Way too much money. But I'm telling you, like in LA, there's, if you start looking around New York, you're going to start to see this freaking Urus. There's definitely a, I can't pull off the sports car, but I want to have, I want to feel like I can pull off the sports car. Right. So I get, I spend way too much on this SUV because like you said, you know, I can still practically do my stuff. Right. Although I, frankly, I feel like a lot of people that drive SUVs don't need them. They just no. tell themselves they need them. The vast majority, and myself included. Like I have been driving SUVs off and on for ever, but especially for the last few years when I'm like, wait a second, I've got one child <laughs> who doesn't take a lot of crap with him. He's not even a baby anymore. And right. two small dogs that, you know, together add up to the like weight of Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is dumb, hence my Polestar, yeah. which yeah. is just not necessary. But yeah, yeah. Lambo well, Urus. Lamborghini Urus. When I'm driving around in my eight-year-old Civic, I'll keep an eye out for the Lamborghini Urus. <laughs> keep an eye out. <laughs> when you're, And then you'll just be like wandering in your lane while you're looking at it. Look right. over there. Do Maybe you see that's it? it. Everybody's <laughs> looking at all these crazy like, like, oh luxury God, sports cars that are SUVs and wandering in their lanes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's get to your things because as we mentioned, it is a hive mind here. Aaron needs a thing check. Can we give Aaron a thing check, Molly? We can. I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Aaron says, Tom, Molly, and producer Rich, many of my friends are sending their kids off to their prom. And like any good parent, they're sharing the photos all over social media. I'm noticing that the girls are all carrying bouquets of flowers as if they are bridesmaids in a wedding. What happened to the good old corsage, wrist or otherwise? Are bouquets (laughs) really a thing now? Can you check this? Wow. I mean, I checked it in my usual form, uh, DuckDuckGo. Just prom bouquets. I mean, it certainly does seem to be what the kids are carrying to prom these days. I guess the corsage and the the boutonniere and whatever got old. Well, that it's a good question. I was going to ask about the boutonniere. Do the boutonniere still still play? Or because I imagine the guys aren't carrying corsage or bouquets too, or are they? Right. I'm sure they're still doing the boutonniere, aren't they? Like yeah. I see them listed when I look for them at Valley Flowers, Tennessee. Maybe that's not the most prom bouquet fifty dollars. Corsage forty. Boutonniere 22. Boutonniere seems to still exist. Yeah, I don't know. I guess so. But the corsage does too. So, hmm. It look, I do see uh, an article from 2011 about how hand-tied clutch bouquets for prom are a popular trend in Havertown, uh, Pennsylvania. Okay. So they must have, there must have, a migration must have begun. A, a swing happened at some point. A swing yeah. happened and now that's all they do. Look, I remember so- a couple of ladies at my prom in 1987 <laughs> uh, had bouquets and everybody thought it was weird. Like, yeah. why would you do that? You have to carry it around. Corsage is so much better. I mean, you do have to carry it around. That's super annoying. Yeah. Corsage seems better. Maybe it's an allergy thing. I think it's just one of those I think it's things just an where evolution. like, some, it's just yeah, all- it just, somebody did it and was popular and it looked cool. And people were like, well, I want that. You know, I think it's also a wedding fetish in my yeah, opinion. That, this sure. feels like American wedding fetish yep. galore. Like, let's just turn them into brides. They're 16. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Not that I'm feeling mad about the patriarchy right now. That's that's not just the patriarchy either. (laughs) That's just weird. That's weird. Mink wrote in, I'm just going to move on before I get mad because that's not what this (laughs) show is about. Mink wrote in with an email almost lost to time. Hi, Molly, Tom, and Rich. Found this email half written in my draft section, so I thought I'd finish it and send it instead of the usual discard and shame. 
When Molly and Tom were discussing the fate of Middle Earth, Wordle, (laughs) Tom said uh, the phrase, for some value of soon. I have a friend who's been saying for some value of X for years. Is this a thing? Is the friend secretly a trendsetter? Mm. But maybe for some value of is a thing. It's a niche thing. I'm certainly not the only one who's ever said it. it. And I think I got it from somebody else years and years and years ago. So it's kind of been percolating down there in the subculture. It's just like people who know about math. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's probably where it started. Yeah. Yeah. Most of us know about math. I mean, I I ducked a goat for some value of X and it is definitely like it it only comes up as a math result. It probably started (laughs) off as a math joke and then hasn't really spread too far beyond there. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, niche, niche thing. Niche thing. Your question, Mink. Uh, Manny has a new thing. Yay, Manny. Yay, Manny. Poker. It's a thing. There what? was massive growth over the Panini period. <laughs> I like I like that way of referencing <laughs> uh, the pandemic. Panini period, mostly filled by poker vloggers on YouTube. This has been probably ramping up over the past couple of years, and I considered writing in, but it wasn't a thing yet, still too niche. The thing that finally changed my mind was a high-stakes live stream that took place Monday with some small creators you might have heard of, like Ludwig, XQCow, and Mr. Beast. Uh... Of course, the game got huge, and there were wins and losses in the half million range. The event attracted a massive audience and firmly cemented poker as a thing with the youngins. Wow, what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, this this. On, I mean, they're all gambling anyway. So what the heck? Interesting though. I guess they moved on from chess. They were like, you know what? That was funny for a minute, but turns out poker is a lot more fun. But than we chess. have all this money from our TikTok, so and we have all this money. Let's from play our TikTok. poker. Let's take our Lambo to the. Yeah. To the tables. <laughs> I'll bet you my Urus. I'll bet you. I'm all in. Urus included. <laughs> it throws the <laughs> keys on the table. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. The, the, you know how we always talk like, ooh, the 90s are back or the 70s are back. This feels like it's the 20s are back, right? Doesn't this have an F. Scott Fitzgerald modern day Great Gatsby sort of feel to it? Like yeah. the young, rich people just like throwing their money around for entertainment. Oh God, it really does. And first they threw it around at like crypto and NFTs. Uh-huh. And now they're like, we can hang out in person. So of course they're going to have high stakes gambling. Good Lord. Uh, and right. stream it, right? And yeah, stream it. Of course. Yeah. That's the new, yeah. that's the new trend. This is the weirdest timeline. Joe Hood wrote in with a few things, Tom, Molly, Rich, and the distinguished think entrepreneurs. That was a hard one. That's a good thing. Entrepreneurs in recent excursions out into bars and various other social locations. The theme goes on. I've seen two things that I would like to think check. First, shipping container architecture for retail and entertainment spaces. Mm. Hmm. There's one here in the Durham area, the Boxyard. That's a great name. He says, I ran into another bar made of shipping containers in Austin a few weeks ago and found an article about another being built here in North Carolina. Shipping containers for residents have been an architectural design fascination for years, but I'm now seeing them as these retail spots. Can I get a thing? Check. Is this just a local thing? Sounds like no, if you saw it in three different cities. Um, Yeah, I've seen it in more than one city for sure. Uh, Los Angeles and Vegas, for sure. I feel like I saw it in Austin, too. It does seem like a smart way to do commercial building. Yeah. Pretty cheap. Yeah. And then he says, second, as things are opening up, I found a few bars and coffee shops in my area, area that have podcast recording booths in the establishment. 
So far, they're free to reserve and use it or even set up with mics and mixer and proper soundproofing. Is this just a next text, next tech hub thing or is it a real thing? Damn. That feels like the the coffee shop <laughs> wants the podcasters to spend their money there, but it was annoying the other customers because they kept just sitting out doing their podcast. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like They're it's like, worth okay, it to build podcasting booths to keep just their business. Go back in this room. Seriously. Yeah. Oh my god, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's that one great. I have not seen, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna give it to you. I've heard of that. I've heard like this bar or cafe has a podcasting booth, but I have not actually seen it in person myself. I like really have to go places. I'm not, I'm not doing a good job at going places. I did a lot of going places in April. Let me tell you, uh, it was sort of fun, but I'm also glad I'm not doing it this month. Yeah. might be a little overrated. Mm. Last night, my, like my kid and his friends went to a play. So they were like downtown. So I was, when I picked them up and it was super hot in downtown, I was like, should I have gone out while they were out? But instead I just sat on the couch and (laughs) I was so tired. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I went to Vegas twice and Austin once, all in a month. Well, yeah, there's that's, but that's different. That's travel, like travel. Oh, you're talking, you're talking about I'm just talking leaving about, like, the house, yeah, just leaving You've the been damn doing that house. Too. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta get, I gotta do that. I we went to, that. we went to dinner with a friend last weekend, and we're doing it again this weekend. It's like becoming a normal thing. Oh my goodness, how <laughs> fun! All right, enough about me. Let's get to the shout outs. Speaking. Of our last emailer, Joe Hood. Our shout outs today for those patrons who support us at the shout out level at patreon.com slash it's a thing and therefore get to be part of this amazing custom artisanal creation week after week, thanks to Rich Trappolino, is based on Joe Hood himself's <laughs> doctoral. Di- yes, that was a long sentence. I will acknowledge. The shout outs this week are based on Joe Hood's doctoral dissertation, The Influence of Formal Training on Informal Learning. Networks. I'm gonna call this a double shout out. This is an Uraburus shout out. It totally is. <laughs> the shout out of infinity. Because Joe Hood supports the show at the shout out level, in which he gets a custom shout out within his own dissertation. Woo! I mean, right. Rich is going next level. Like that's we were always wondering, like, okay, how he can't possibly top himself, and then he does. Yeah. Then he pulls this. He out. does. Yeah, he freaking does. All right, I'll do do the first paragraph. You do the second. Great. Generally speaking, a learning-intensive David Grizzly Smith context requires Morris Jones to react to demands from both internal and external Benjamin Forrests. Joe Hood posits that this is due to a post-Eric Duncanist philosophy in organizations that enables Lee Price to interact with a wider variety of Kevin Sill. Further, a Jake Woods intensive job should offer opportunities to access Andrew Bradley resources needed to cope with Laura Abel. (laughs) Poor Laura. This may include, according to Gabrielle Cohen, 2004, quote, advice and guidance from Miranda Janelle and external Mike Aikens networks, direct contact with James C. Smith and suppliers, access to databases, literature, and other relevant sources of learning, plus the time to utilize such Louis St. Amour. I, I've had direct contact with James C. Smith once. <laughs> what? He was at a meetup. Uh, that was great. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. A wider variety of Kev- Kevin Sill, I believe, is what I am in fact seeking. Yeah. <laughs> and and access to Andrew Bradley to, to cope with Laura Abel shouldn't be read to be that Laura Abel is hard to cope with. It's just, you know, that that uh, if you it, Laura's uh, above. Right. Yeah. 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 You need, I mean, you know, you got to like you got to take up. care you have to take care of all the patrons 
And that requires as many resources as are required. See, see what I did there? A little more, another more infinity loop, mm-hmm, Aruberos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank uh, you to everyone uh, who supports us at the shout out or any level at patreon.com slash it's a thing. We are super grateful and you are why these butts are in these seats week after week. Indeed. So thank you again. Uh, we are going to do a special uh, feedback show uh, coming mm-hmm. up and it's it's not because we're lazy. <laughs> Stop saying that. Stop. What? <laughs> oh, why you would even bring it's that up? It's not because oh, wait, we're traveling. Didn't? Okay, no. never mind. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, we've, we've just been getting so many good things from you lately yes. that there's more than we can fit in a normal sized episode. So uh, we don't want to lose those. We, we want to share them with everyone. So we're going to do an entire feedback show. Uh, and if you would like to have your thing in that show, this is made for that. So please, uh, you know, join in uh, within the next week or so. Feedback at it's a thing dot me. Yep. Send us those things and we'll see you next week. Bye. Indeed. Bye. <laughs> Come on. Oh, there we go. Uh, oh, don't forget the Patreon. <laughs> oh, right. And the Patreon. Patreon.com slash this thing. I said it. I said it a okay, bunch of times. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.